This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 32-inch. On this episode, we talk to a man who has known Al for close to 50 years and performed on the placebo EP version of Happy Birthday, Frank from the Bank, Sanchez. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. I am so excited to welcome our next guest to the podcast. He's a lifelong supporter of Weird Al and his music. He's been playing bass for over 50 years. He even played bass on the placebo EP version of Happy Birthday, Welcome, Frank from the bank, Sanchez. Hey, Frank. Hey, how you guys doing, man? Men? Whatever. <laughs> Thank you so much, Frank. This is so great to have you on. You know, I'm honored. I'm honored that uh, that you asked me to do this, and I just can't believe that it's happening. I, I'm going to have to pinch myself. <laughs> All right, we'll wait while you pinch yourself. <laughs> oh, okay, I got it. I'm done. Thanks. <laughs> it's very rare that we talked to someone with as much history with Al as, as you've had. You have literally known him for 47 years and you knew him right in those formative years when you and, and the guys were, were starting to listen to Dr. Demento and where he was really starting to pick up his musical taste and aptitude. I would just love to know, you know, what was the first interaction you had with Al? How did you guys meet? Wow. You know, I don't really know. I can tell you that Al, I knew him as Alfred, and I still do call him Alfred before I <laughs> think about calling him Al. And uh, he was really good friends with my, my younger brother, Vince. Uh, Vince is, um, well, I think it's about Al's age. I think he might be a little bit, I, I don't remember. Vince was born in 1960. And I think that's the year Al was born. If I'm No, he was born 59. in 59. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Al would come over to the house and I'd say, hey, how you doing? You know, and, and that would be it pretty much. <laughs> and that really was because, you know, Al was, was a, was a, was a weird dude. I mean, he, <laughs> and, and Vince, Vince was too, you know, we were all kind of crazy, but I was more the normal guy pursuing a rock and roll career maybe you know but al would come over and and uh vince and him would go into the room and do their thing and uh vince would hang out with al and go back to al's house and and like that so i kind of knew al just being around my brother but right. i didn't know him i didn't you know know him really really well until al asked me to play for him and i went well yeah i mean i was the older brother i had the recording equipment and al knew that i played um i played in high school um i was a senior when he was a freshman and our you know gosh you know seniors rule and all that kind of stuff but <laughs> you know dr nemento you know came to the school when al was a freshman and did his show and al didn't actually meet Dr. Demento that time, but a lot of kids hung out after the show and just went, "Oh, look, it's Dr. Demento!" Ooh, and um, <laughs> and that was that was that was about it. I didn't, you know, I just knew who he was. Uh, we hung out a little tiny bit with my brother, and uh, they did, you know, crazy songs, and that all happened. Then when Al got out of school. I knew him before he was weird, I guess, um, <laughs> before he was officially Weird Al, because the next time I really, really talked to him was when he wanted to record some songs. And that was the infamous Hollywood off-ramp recordings. And, you know, Al came over and he had some songs he wanted to record. 
and Vince had some friends from Western High School, and he he invited his friends to come help out. But Al had written out his charts. We did American Slob. That was on Dr. Demento. We did another one called Signal Hill Surfing that was on that too. And then there's another one called Number One with a Bullet. Hmm. And Number One with a Bullet is unreleased, I hope. You know, um, <laughs> it's... It's one that Al said, don't you ever give that out. I said, okay, Al, no problem. So so it's probably locked up in an accordion case somewhere in Bermuda's archives. I'm telling you right now. You You know that scene at the end of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? where they put the Ark of the Covenant in a in a big box, you know, in a giant yes, warehouse. Right. Yeah, that's where it is. It's it's over there someplace. You know, I try to look myself up sometimes on online, go, oh look, there I am, there I am. <laughs> there was a an article or somebody had something on the website talking about that Hollywood off ramp recording and they were trying to trace the people in it, you know, and so to set the record straight, you know, on that one, you know, Al's playing accordion and vocals. A guy named George Taylor was on drums. He's one of Vince's friends. A guy named Vince Gray on piano. And this guy, Bill Pete McPherson, they were saying, I can't find a Pete McPherson. Well, there really is no Pete McPherson. His name is Bill. <laughs> we just call him Pete because he liked Pete Townsend. You know, he liked to play like Pete Townsend. Oh. That's what we call him. Oh, Pete. Okay. <laughs> so that, you know, so anybody that's listening for that, they'll know now Pete Ta- McPherson never really exists. <laughs> Al, Al came over. He brought us the charts, and I was really impressed. I mean, he had everything laid out, you know, with his with his architectural background. He had arrows here, and 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 uh, you know, everything was written out in block form, and you know, with intros and pushes for the upbeats, and it was really well done uh, for sure. And then we recorded it uh, on a four-track recorder, and one overdub for the vocal, and uh, you know, the garage was all carpeted. I mean, we thought we were great. You know, we had the studio, the right. studio. We had red lights and everything in the studio. And, and uh, you know, Al was, it was it was happening. It was really fun. And uh, Al was playing accordion along with the band to guide us along through the song. So on the recording, it sounds like a ghost track, but it really just wasn't mic'd. But um, it, was, it was really a special time. That was, um, you know, one of the Al interactions that I had recording for him. I got a couple of stories about that, too, because... You know, there was this one time where Al came in and he actually, he had the Belvedere and he scratched the <laughs> Belvedere on my, on the gate uh, where my mom and dad had a driveway. And he goes, hey, that's no problem. I, I can fix that. So he reaches into his glove box, pulls out a magic marker and he says, oh, this is my Belvedere repair kit. Oh, and he just colored it in and it was done. It was just awesome. It was awesome. I wonder how many times he repaired that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you, but Al was was it was it was it was it re- really unique and interesting guy because I did ask my brother Vince, you know, for some Al stories, and he said, well, you know, Al really liked to put his feet behind his head, <laughs> and um, he actually drove Vince home uh, one time and did that in the car. I'm going, okay. Oh. <laughs> Man, no wonder he's scratching up the car. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that's probably how we did it. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Wow, that's amazing. Did you ever get to ride in the Belvedere? No, never never rode in it. Nope. Seen it a few times. 
Uh, it was kind of like the Batmobile in right, my mind, but, right. you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I did that recording, and then Al graduated, and then he was going to really go for it. And um, he asked me to play for him again, and this is the happy birthday session. And this is, you know, how how I'm remembered in, in Aldom. <laughs> and I, I tell people I tell people that I'm more or less the um, the Pete Best of the Weird Al band because you know it started everything started happening and I I didn't I didn't jump on the on the train <laughs> but so so what so so what happens is I remember going up to uh, Bermuda's well I don't know if I went with Bermuda or if I went with Al but we went up to uh, a place in in Hollywood to to do this session and it was during the day i don't know i'm I'm sure i didn't drive otherwise i would have remembered this but we went up to richard bennett's house and that's that's bermuda's brother and um we went up there and the lady answered the door and we go where's richard and he goes oh well richard's at he's at neil's house oh (laughs) neil oh neil diamond oh oh that neil oh my goodness okay wow i was Wow, what a trip that was. Um, so so we came back and went to Richard's little studio and started the recordings. I was um, playing my Fender bass on that, on Al's Porta studio, and I was really, really nervous on that because Al wanted me to play it with a pick, and I usually play with my fingers, but it turned out good. I mean, I, I was listening to it today, actually, to remind myself about it. John Bermuda sent me the raw tracks, and I have them, you know, before without Al singing on them, mm-hmm. I could I could really pick it apart and went, man, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> I'm really happy about that. I'm really so excited that I got to do that. Of course, Al made it sound great. I mean, you know, I didn't have any idea what it was going to be like. And then when he did all the sound effects and and the vocals <laughs> and everything on it, I went, wow, that was amazing. It's raw. Now, Frank, do you know why Al asked you to play with a pick? Was it, did it sound different? I'm I'm just curious why he would have insisted that. You know, playing with a pick is a lot cleaner. It's more percussive um, and added some energy to it to the whole thing. So I play with a pick not as much as I I don't know if I should you know but it really came out well i mean i can hear it thumping you can hear that thumping sound when you listen to that that recording so i was i was really excited about that so then after the the session was over you know i went home and it was it pretty much it and uh, (laughs) i went back to being frank from the bank you know pretty much (laughs) and that's pretty much how it how it's been you know so i uh later on you know al and john were going to put together a band and they asked me if i wanted to play and I said, well, you know, what happened was I was just selected to the bank's officer training program, and I really had a huge decision to make. <laughs> wow. What should I do? Should I, you know, play with Word Al Yankovic, or should I become a bank officer? Um, wow. <laughs> it was a crossroads, you know. So guess what I did? <laughs> I, yep, I'm Frank from the bank, and to this day, um, I still am. <laughs> So how long were you working at the bank? And when did you get that nickname, Frank, from the bank? Well, I think it was around that time. Al gave me that name. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yeah, Al, Al, Al gave me that name. So then I just started using it, Frank from the bank. And it's really funny is um, there was Frank Bank, you know, the guy from uh, Leave it to Beaver. Okay. <laughs> but that wasn't me. But I, you know, I just got the nickname that way and, and Al put it on the, um, on the EP. And that's what, you know, made me the Pete Best of the Weird Al Band. So what the heck? Now, when the Placebo record comes out, 
Did you get a copy of it? You know, I, I don't have a copy now. If I got one, I didn't keep it, but I think that I have it. No, actually, my brother Vince has it. Okay. No, I got it, and Vince had it. <laughs> yeah, because what happened was I was 26 years old. Oh, I'm 65, almost 65 now. Oh, help me <laughs> But I was 26 years old, and I was, you know, doing things, and um, I left it at my mom's house. And then, you know, it stayed there. And uh, I know Vince has it. Well, actually, I had it in my possession, but Vince has it now. I wish I had it, though. I did ask Al for another one. And he says, well, one of these days when I go to my, my vault, I'll get one for you. I haven't, not yet. <laughs> but that's okay. It's on the box set. I'm really happy that it's on the box set. I can hear it, you know, yeah. pretty much any time. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. But it is a rare. I mean, it's so rare. I mean, how much is that worth now? What the heck? Yeah, I mean, there were, what, a thousand of them produced. How many do you think Al has in his vault? <laughs> that he's just... I don't know. 999. <laughs> no, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that was a thing to do in those days because I put out a record myself with Vince. And the thing to do was to make 45s and then take them to record stores and Sunset Strip on Tower Records and things like that. So we had records out there for people to, to buy. And, uh, hmm. you know, so I'm sure some people bought them and Al gave them to his friends. And, you know, I, I don't know how how they got distributed you know side story is i did a 45 like al did and you know we kind of all used the same people because we went to a pressing plant and and printed them and and did all that stuff and so i got a call from a guy who tracked me down on the internet for a 45 that he bought at a record swap meet for like 35 cents in 1981. And uh, I just oh, wow. went, man, well, I wasn't, I wasn't kind of impressed. He wanted to know everything about the song and he was a collector. And wow. I think that's really cool. That's really cool that people, you know, are, are doing that collecting and, and, and learning about, you know, the backgrounds of the songs. Definitely. As a collector, Ethan and I are collectors. What was the name of that 45 so we know what to look for? <laughs> yeah. Which one? Mine? Yours, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, heck yeah. Um, It's called, um, well, the label's called Garibaldi Records, and uh, the song was the Etch-A-Sketch song. Oh, the one of A-Side is Etch-A-Sketch song, and the other one is called Speechless. <laughs> and uh, it's there. we just recorded them. You know, one of them was in our house, and one of them was in a studio. And... Uh, it's an orange label, so I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll send you. I don't, I don't know if I have any. We had a thousand of those too, and I think I got about eight hundred of them left. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll take a couple. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, so I went back to being Frank from the bank. I got married, drifted away from listening to Doctor Demento for a while, and like I said, I, I, I'm pretty much normal kind of guy. That <laughs> doesn't really. If somebody says something to me that to open up the lid, it comes out. But usually I'll just, you know, I don't talk very much about it. So one day my wife goes, I heard this song. It goes, la lasagna, la lasagna. And I went, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> That's Alfred. <laughs> and she goes, you know him? Oh, my gosh. So then, then after that, she's been the one that tells everybody, Guess what, Frank? Guess what my, my husband does? He played with Weird Al Yankovic. And I go, okay, okay. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, my gosh. Now she just really, she goes with me to the shows. She really enjoys, you know, meeting the people and uh, hanging out with the band guys, you know. So um, it's it's been a really fun ride so far. Well, it's, it's going to be a regular, you know, the whole ride's going to be fun. Whatever, whatever it ends, I don't know. But I think that fate, played out 
and everybody won. I'm I'm really happy for John and and Jim and Steve. Um, I don't know Ruben very well, but these guys, you know, Jim and Steve, they came in as a package deal, right? At least I think they did. At least they came in at the same time. So, yeah, they came in roughly around the same time around the first album. Yeah, well, you know, they they certainly paid their dues, and you know, and history speaks for itself. I mean, my gosh, you know, what a career they've had. But you know, on a side note. I ran into Steve J in the 90s at a Starbucks <laughs> when the band was playing in Denver. He didn't really know who I was at the time, but he he saw he remembered my face and seeing me at the shows. And so I introduced myself and I said, you know, hey, I'm Frank from the Bank Sanchez. And he goes, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Al had me audition for you. You know, he had me audition for his band playing the Happy Birthday bass part. Oh. I really like that little run that you did in D. And I'm going, yes, that made my day. <laughs> that, that was, I was like, oh, boy. Ah, yeah, I got some recognition. He, he liked the way I played. It just warms my little heart, you know, to, 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 for that. And, uh, you know, so, and I still play the bass. And every once in a while, you know, I'll put on my headphones and pull out the bass and play to some of my favorite Al songs. I like to play um, I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead. I love that <laughs> yeah. song. I love uh, Nature Trail to Hell. I love Slime Creatures from Outer Space. I mean, I like, man, you know, I know so much. <laughs> I know so much about these things, these songs. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's just it's just so much fun. I just can go off in another world doing it. With uh, Steve telling me that, yeah, he auditioned for my bass part. I thought that, that was really cool. cool. That's it. Great. Yeah. Now, Frank, uh, Happy Birthday was not the only thing you ever recorded with Al. That's the only thing I recorded that was released, okay, on a record. Um, the other things were um, the uh, American Slob and Number One with a Bullet that you'll never hear. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's, there's some things that we messed around with that I might have been involved in, but I don't remember that much. And I'm, I'm not going to claim that I did, but I know I have a box somewhere, either me or Vince, you know, the, the Crampton Comes Alive medley that Al does. We have a recording of that, and Al had, had drawn a, a hand coming out of a grave, you know, like Crampton Comes Alive, so right. it's like a hand, cramped <laughs> yeah. hand coming out of this, this grave. Vince and Al, like I said, did a whole bunch of stuff that I, I know I wasn't really involved in. But uh, we're Happy Birthday is the one. I was curious to hear in a note that you sent us, you mentioned a song that morphed into Nature Trail to Hell later. Right. Yes. Um, so Al liked to play around with this little ditty that he called Cyclotron. And it, it's the accordion. And I can't tell you what the musical term is for that style, that thing that he's doing. It's a do 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 whatever. He calls it Cyclotron. And it's like, yeah, I remember it as Cyclotron. So when I listened to Nature Trail from Hell, I went, Man, okay, I, I see that. And uh, and there's so many things that I see where Al had them in his brain way back when. Oh, yes, you were asking me if I ever played anything else. And there was a song that Al did that was a, um, a serious mm. song. It's called Farewell. And uh, I remember some of the words. And I think that he used some of the, some of the lines in his um, valedictorian speech. You know, I wasn't there for that. But it goes, farewell, old friend. I can tell by the clock on the wall that my time has come. And in the end, something, 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 something. That's about all I can remember. <laughs> but it was a serious tune, and I really like it. I remember the, the music very well. I've, I've got one of those minds that if I can hear it, I can play it. And it's, it's in there. And if, if I've been asked to play it, I'm sure I could. But that was really cool. And, and, you know, Al, 
Al and Vince did a lot of stuff together, and Al went to the funny side, and Vince stayed to the serious side. And then, you know, Vince just didn't make it, and Al did, and that, that's the name of that tune, as they say. Vince and Al had been friends for forever, you know, and I had lost touch with Al after, um, you know, I, I became Frank from the bank. <laughs> and uh, Vince Vince had been friends with Al the whole time, and Vince got uh, passes to see Al play, and... Um, we were lucky to be stupid guests in the 85 tour <laughs> and um, it was it was awesome i mean we were so excited to go to this show i mean oh man we're gonna go see weird al well we still call him alfred <laughs> but do you remember that porky pig cartoon where porky and gabby were always late to work you know it's a cartoon they had trouble sleeping they were always late and the boss was gonna fire them if they didn't get there on time so they set their alarm clock and then they made it, but they were there on a Saturday and it was closed. <laughs> so they went back home. So Al got Vince the tickets and the passes. I think we bought our own tickets. We were so excited. We went early. It was at the Greek Theater. And we're driving up to the Greek Theater. Have you guys been to the Greek Theater? I've never been, no. I have not been there, no. It's an L.A. area. It's really nice. It's a really, really nice place. So we're driving up there and there's no cars in there. There's no cars. And we're going, what? 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 Man, this is this is pretty sad. I mean, nobody's coming to see Al. Are you kidding me? I, I, are you kidding? Really? He's, there's nobody coming to see Al. Is, he, is this a bust or what? So we walked all the way to the box office, and we look at the thing, and we were there a whole week early. <laughs> we were there a whole week early. I mean, I just, man, I tell you what, we still laugh at how stupid we were. I mean, seriously, we... We sure lived up to the bill of being stupid guests. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and like I said, I kind of lost touch. And, you know, this is a guy that I knew in high school. I had no clue on how he, uh, you know, he was climbing the ladder of success. And that show was an amazing show. I was dreaming about, you know, Al coming up, having his accordion on a, uh, on a stand in the front of the uh, stage and him coming up to it and, you know, having people cheer and as he... It's going to tease people. I'm going to play the accordion now or maybe not play the accordion now. But it was it was it was a great show. And I reacquainted with Al and and Bermuda at that show. But I went, um, you know, went home and went back to being Frank from the bank after that again. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'm sitting there at my desk and this coworker of mine knew about my Weird Al connection. He was a record collector and he used to work at Licorice Pizza. And he goes, Frank, you know Weird Al. Let's go meet him. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> I had no idea how to contact Al at the time. So went to the Dr. Demento, um, I think it was a 20th anniversary show. It was at the Raymond Theater in Pasadena. And we went, we sat through the whole show and, and had a blast. It was just an amazing show. And then after the show, we hung out after the, by the, the back gate, the loading gate. And we're just waiting, hopefully we could see Al or John. I, you know, I just waited. But we never saw them. Uh, but Dr. Demento did come out after the show. And we talked to Dr. Dean. I took some pictures. And I don't remember how, but somehow I reconnected with the Bermuda after that and then got reconnected with Al. And then ever, ever since then, Al's taken care of me and my wife at every one of his shows. I tell you what, he's one really great guy. Just a really amazing guy. And uh, another story about me downplaying my um, <laughs> album, I guess. I was working at a music store in Colorado Springs, 
And I told them, yeah, I, I played for Weird Al Yankovic. And they go, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, sure. <laughs> so I told them the story, and we went to the NAMM show in Los Angeles. And we're walking around the show, and, and Alfred is doing a signing at the Sure booth, the microphone mm-hmm. company. And uh, they go, look, there's your friend. And I went, okay, this is my moment. <laughs> so we stood in line. <laughs> And, you know, we, we, there was a big old long line to, to see Al. And when we got to the front of the line, he says, hey, Frank from the bank. <laughs> I said, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty much it. They go, wow, you really do know him. I said, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I know Al. I know Al. And uh, so when I tell people my story, they stare at me in disbelief and they say, nah, really? <laughs> And then I say, well, how could anyone make up such a story? Come on. Really? I mean, would I tell you a story like that if it wasn't true? Oh, man. I really love preaching the gospel. Yes. Now. I really do. I, I, I just, I, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pontificate about Al all day if I get a chance. Oh, the Paramount Theater in Denver. I met Bermuda's cousin after one of the shows, and we had... Um, I don't know what you you know what you eat after a show. Is it breakfast or dinner or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. But he owns a home theater store in Denver, and they have an office or another store in Colorado Springs. And I thought one day I'd go in and say hey to him. You know, hey, how you doing? And so I go, hey, um, is um, Steve? I think his name is. Is he here? And he goes, no, no, he's not. He works in Denver. And I go, oh, well, I met him at a Weird Al concert, and they just laughed and they they go, oh, he doesn't sound like the. He, he went to Weird Al concert? He's not the Weird Al type. I said, oh, well, just what is the Weird Al type? Right. You know, he's only a platinum recording artist and multi-Grammy winning rec- artist whose career spanned three decades. That's all! Don't get me started on that. Oh, my gosh. I, I'll do that to anybody. I don't care. You know, I'm the, the dude is... Um, He's a genius. You know, he just spins these lyrics and you know, they're topical. I mean, every nuance of a song is is in there. You know, he he captures it all. Not not just the videos, but but the words. You know, I'm I was telling somebody today about um Trigger Happy. You know, I says there's almost no subject that you can talk about that Al hasn't talked about, you know, <laughs> saying about. That's true. <laughs> right. There really isn't. I mean, you can you can bring up, you know, you could talk about anything and I go, "Oh yeah, Al sang a song about that. Yeah, trigger happy. You know, let's let's run that by the NRA, you know? And then, you know, another one is um, Airline Amy. Dude, I know a lot of Weird Al songs. And, I, and I'm and i sure you guys do too. I'm not going to say that I research any of this. I just, just happened in, to be exposed to it, I guess. And uh, so I know I know it. That's about it. It's kind of like osmosis. Right. Yep. You know, so that's 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 what's in me. Well, we know a lot of Weird Al songs, but there's one that we don't know that you know. So h- how do we hear that one? Okay. <laughs> You're not. Okay. <laughs> you can't sing us a couple words? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Sorry. It's it's just going to have to be one of those MCI, Friends and Family releases, you know? I know. I, I've had I've had guys say, yeah, well, Frank... He's he's pulling my leg, you know, that doesn't exist. And I go, well, so be it. That's, that's <laughs> part of the thing. That's how it goes. Is it like your ringtone? Like, um, <laughs> how often do you listen to it? No, no. Well, you know, okay, so, okay, I was playing it for my wife the other day. Because, you know, because I've been, you know, thinking about this talk. 
I said, here's the song, and I'm listening to it, and it's it's really a poor recording. It, it's not a very good recording uh, to start off. So it's uh, not something you know that anybody's really proud of. Um, not to diss Al or anything like that, but it's just just not the stellar quality stuff that he puts out. That's about all I'll say about that. I feel like it's Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you now. When you first met Alfred back when he was a freshman or so, did you see in him like this guy's going to have a future doing this? No, no, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Al. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's it was it was so long ago and it was so raw. Um, I liked Al a lot. Don't get me wrong. I thought that he was clever and, and witty. He liked to mess around and, and be crazy, you know, and and a lot of a lot of us did that, too. You know, I, who knows how things are going to turn out in the future. But I didn't know that. I didn't think that Al was going to have a, a career doing what he's doing now. I don't even know if he did. Right. You know, um, you know, so it's just, yeah, it was just a real special time. I, I did talk to a friend of mine who was a student teacher at the school for the choir, I think. And he was telling me about Al, you know, how he was in school. And he was just a guy that, uh, you know, just a crazy guy that just was weird just to, <laughs> just to avoid people, I think. You know, he's just one of those guys. Um, but he was um, he was very popular, too, in, at the school because, you know, he was on the, the debate team and all that stuff. And. Um, I was already gone, you know, I, so I just, you know, when you get out of school, you just take off right. and leave. And uh, I think, you know, uh, Al's um, high school days probably weren't his most memorable days, that's for sure. But, you know, now that he's moved on, everybody moves on. Something about the high school, though, um, there's a there's a book. I, it's, it's, the, it's the complete Al, is it? Um, it's a book that Al put out. It's a, it's, it's a story. It's, it's his life story. It's his career. It's got a picture of him leaning against the wall with his. Oh, you're uh, thinking of Weird Al the book. Uh, that's by Nathan Raven. So I'm at a I'm at a Weird Al show after the show, and I I bought the book and I brought it for Al to autograph, and I went, Al, when did you graduate from high school? 1976. The book says 1975. Ooh. <laughs> so I I brought it up to Al and I said the same thing to Al. I says, Hey Al. Take a look at this. He went, what? <laughs> <laughs> How many editions, I don't know what you call it, of this book have they right. put out, you know? So I asked Al to correct it in the initial <laughs> That's amazing. So I've got the only book in the world that has that correction in it. Love that. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> if you have the book, it's on page 11. I'm pretty sure it's page 11, but I don't I don't remember. have one within arm's reach right now or else I'd go look, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so amazing. Tell me about growing up in Linwood. You know, I, I visited Linwood last year, and I'm sure it's a lot different now than it was, but I, I just, I would love to get kind of a, a mental image of, of what it was like growing up there. Um, well, Linwood was a, was a nice little town. Everybody knew everybody, pretty much. Um, you know, you could ride your bike from one end of the town to the other in about half an hour, mm -hmm. maybe. The high school, it was... There was a lot of, let's see, where did Al, where did Al go to elementary school? I don't remember. I don't know where Al went to elementary school, but all of the schools fed into one junior high school, and then the junior high school fed into the high school. The chief of police was a friend of mine's dad, and um, the mayor 
I mean, you, you knew all these people. I mean, I didn't like the mayor, but you know, um, <laughs> we all, we all went to the same places together and, you know, one pizza parlor and, you know, one main hamburger stand and, and it was a neat little place to grow up. You know, people were starting bands around that time and I knew all the music people in town. I was told one time Alan Vince came to one of our rehearsals, but I don't recall this. And, uh, you know, we wanted to play some of their parody stuff, but they didn't let him. But I don't remember that. Hmm. Linwood was a really neat place. And, you know, everybody knows that Al lived across the street from the high school. You know, his mom could watch him from their house over there. You know what Linwood was like? It's kind of like that show Wonder Years. Oh. That's oh, kind of wow. what it was. Okay. It was very much like Wonder Years. I mean, you know, Winnie, you know, your, your girl, you know, your girl, your dreams, all of that was there. And, and there was a lot of surfers there. People went to the, the movie theater on Friday night because the high school was having the football games on Friday night. And then the high school night was on Saturday night. People hung out at the malt shop kind of thing. It was at the hamburger stand called Russell's. I think Russell's is still there. The bowling alley is gone, but there was a thrifties that everybody used to go get ice cream at. And, you know, it was it was a neat place. And you could walk like, you know, I think Vince and Al, mm, I used to walk to the high school. But I guess when I got my car, we just started driving. But yeah, Linda was a cool place. It was only about 15 minutes from Hollywood. Um, seriously, 20 minutes maybe from Hollywood, taking the freeway. And um, we went to Hollywood a lot. And that's how, you know, Al and Vince started going to the Dr. Demento uh, shows to, to be on the, you know, on the on mm -hmm. the air with Dr. D. And uh, it was not very far to go there. That's how, you know, that all started happening because people just drove down there and started hanging out with Dr. D and being on the show and getting their friends to call in and vote for their, their you know, for their songs to uh, be on the top 10. And that was really a fun time. I loved it. It was a good place. Like I said, Wonder Years. That's pretty much Linwood. <laughs> That's amazing. And then Linwood changed. You know, they put the Century Freeway through there. It's called the 105. And they started buying out um, the houses and tearing all the houses out. And that kind of tore the heart out of Linwood, to tell you the truth, because people started leaving the town, you know, and and uh, it changed it changed rapidly. And Linwood's still a cool place, don't get me wrong, but um, I lived in Linwood off and on until 84, I think. Yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, so that's, you know, Linwood, Linwood was a cool place. The high school changed quite a bit. You know that one picture where they're doing the volcano worshiper picture? I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with yes. that. Yes, yes. That, that volcano worshiper picture was, um, I think they did one at the Senior Square, and then they did one on the steps of the B building, and the B building burned down. So it's not, you know, some of that stuff's not there anymore. And I'm sure the high school, the high school is no longer the high school. The high school is now a junior high school, and it's all totally different you know time marches on <laughs> right. <as they're> <laughs> yeah so linwood is, was a cool place and and you know you can see that in al's home movies you know the the water missile of death <laughs> and all his family all his family movies uh you know was oh man and that's probably the real deal right there. I mean, <laughs> al you know he shared so much of his life with the fans people know know him pretty well i think one of the things that i think that he's done that's really successful is just to share his genuineness with people and so everybody feels like they know him personally you know the close personal friends of al i mean it's 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 the real thing you know al has not pulled any punches with his life and 
you know, when his mom and dad died, it was awful, you know, and everybody knew about it. Um, just not a, not a good day. But um, Al's just puts puts it out there on the line um, all the time. So I think that's admirable. All that's in me, you know. So and you know, I think about the band and Al and when Bermuda was on your your podcast for number 27 (laughs) i love that by the way i thought that was so cool (laughs) to hear those clips that he did it was hilarious i mean that's 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 precious stuff totally oh my gosh the the night ranger stuff (laughs) oh (laughs) Oh, that was i loved it i really loved that that was so it was it was exciting to be kind of like behind the scenes kind of lifting up to see underneath the hood you know it was really fun but when I was listening to Bermuda talking about all the places the band played over the years, it kind of reminded me of Milton Berle, you know, Uncle Milty, and all the comedians who started their careers on the road, you know, working the, the vaudeville circuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've experienced everything that is in showbiz, everything, you know. It's like you start small time, small potatoes, you know. You, you get a gig, you're really excited, you know, and you get stuff thrown at you and told, said that you're stupid and all this kind of stuff, you know. The tomatoes, you know, the, um, what is it, the, the Blues Brothers rawhide kind of a experience maybe sometimes. But, um, you know, now they're, they're, I mean, they've been big time, but this last tour, I think they might have sold out everything that they did. And, you know, the big question in those days was, Will it play in Peoria? Well, yep. you know, in, the, in those days, you know, it was said if an act would succeed in Peoria, it could work anywhere. Well, guess what? Oh my gosh! So you know, they've they've been they've been everywhere, man. I they've been everywhere. So to quote Johnny Cash, you know, so you know, Bermuda gave my name once to the MTV people when they did Driven. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, Driven called me and asked me to be interviewed, but I didn't because I was too far away. They didn't want to pay for me to, you know, fly to Los uh-huh. Angeles because I was already in Colorado Springs. So, you know, I just didn't get a chance to share some of these experiences there. But I went to an Alcon show in Elk Grove Village at the Holiday Inn where the towels are also flying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, you know, every time I stay at a holiday, and I say that to the to the desk clerk, and they just. <laughs> I said, "How fluffy are your towels, anyway?" Oh, I'm gonna start doing that. <laughs> yeah, you need to. Yeah, hey, are the towels also fluffy? Wait a minute, that snorkel's been just like a snorkel to me. Oh my gosh, you know that's still that's all in me, all every single bit of it. So. I love it. Absolutely. So you brought up Alcon. You were at Alcon. Which Alcon were you at? I was also at the Alcon. I'm losing track of time because I'm old. I think it was in 2000. Well, there was one in 1998. There's one in 2000 and there's one in 2002. So you got three choices. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to pass. <laughs> okay. It was in Elk Grove Village at the Holiday Inn and Luke Ski was there. Sid Strickler was there. There was a guy. Oh, Dave, you were there, weren't you? you I were was there. there. I think I'm, I was yeah, you were there. I know. Yeah, well, I know. I know. I met, I met you there, too. I saw the tattoos, and I met you there. And uh, John did a talk. So I'm, I'm thinking you're thinking of the first one in 1998, was the one where John was the keynote speaker, and Al came out as a surprise at the end. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. He was there, and he wore a red shirt, a red Hawaiian shirt, 
And uh, I do remember that. And he, t- he did that. You're right. You're right. That's exactly right. I was at that one. That was a whole lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun with that. My son was with me. My son grew up with Al pretty much, you know, since he was like eight years old. <laughs> but I drug him to that show, and it was awesome. I'm planning on going to the Festival show next year just to hang out and, and you know, be around fellow Al fans. So I'm looking forward to that, too. But the Alcon was really cool. I just remember the, the people that did their, their shtick there, you know, and I bought a record. I think I bought the uh, prosthetic lips <laughs> yes. <from> there. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I've got a bunch of rarities. All of the uh, unreleased stuff that he did at the college. I don't know where I get it from. I listen to it in my car. I like, um, one of my favorites is um, Love to a Bottle. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, baby. You know, I love this. <laughs> Remember that one? I know you know that one. <laughs> I, love, I love them all. I love them all. I, I've got them in my head, you know, but um, yeah, it would be fun to hang out and talk Al sometime. Just a lot, of, a lot of fun. Like I said, I've over the years, I've met John and we talk a lot. And we, I talk to John about mm, every couple of months. Mm-hmm. I've got to know uh, Jim a little bit better over the years. I really enjoy his Hawaiian music yeah. a lot. And uh, it's just, just a blessing just to be involved in that whole thing. So it really has been a real, real good time. Frank, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for chatting with us and giving us these amazing stories and amazing experience. Such a great story. All right, <laughs> thanks, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks for everything. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing you sometime out in... Uh, Weird Aldum. Speaking of Weird Aldum, Ethan, you just came back from a Weird Al-related adventure of your own this past weekend in Los Angeles. Welcome back. How was your trip? Thank you, Dave. It was amazing. Not only did I see the star, I got to go to a Weird Al art gallery. I got to see Jim Kimo West perform. I got to see all sorts of Weird Al super fans. I cannot wait to tell you all about it. Okay, well, spill the beans already. Spill the beans. Um... This week's episode brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. You know I love Burrito Burrito, but I want you to spill the beans about your trip. You're going to have to wait, Dave. Wait, why do I have to wait? I just got home. I haven't even unpacked yet. I promise, Dave, we will talk about it on episode 33-inch next week. You're really going to make me wait an entire week? Yeah, I am. Not even like a teaser? Sorry, next week. You're not going to even tell me about Jim's Slack Key Show? Yeah, I absolutely will, Dave. Next week. You've got to at least tell me about the star well you know the star which of course was funded by weird al's fans and you helped get funded from the beginning i will tell you all about next week how about spending time with other super fans you at least can tell me about that i got to meet so many friends i got to meet listeners and i'm going to tell you all about it next week dave tell me about some of the amazing exhibits that they had at the art gallery sure i'll tell you all about it next week but dave in the meantime if you head over to our patreon page patreon.com slash 2000 inch you can see pictures of every art piece that i saw at the exhibit 
Will that hold you over for a week? I did see those pictures. Those pictures were amazing. I have so many questions for you about those pictures. You know, Dave, I wasn't expecting as many art pieces as they actually had. Last time Al did something at Gallery 1988, there were like 10 or 20. There were almost 100. So I can't wait to tell you about them next week. Yeah, well, you can see pictures of everything that Ethan took. And we made those pictures free for everyone to check out. They're on patreon.com slash 2000 inch. You don't have to be a Patreon subscriber to see them. So if you haven't seen them yet, head on over to patreon.com slash 2000 inch. You can see them all. And you can also check out how you can support us while you're there. And you should. Those pictures were so cool. I felt like I was there with you. You know, we've been super busy on Patreon this past week. Besides those amazing pictures from the Weird Al exhibit at Gallery 1988 that we posted, we also posted not one, but two secret episodes this past weekend. And our Strings Attached bonus episode, 23 Centimeter, that is the Saturday evening Seattle show. And we also have more with Frank Sanchez that we recorded exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. Be sure to check that out and subscribe over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. You'll get access to all this great new material as well as everything we've posted so far. And our intern Frank tells me that he's posting even more stuff there soon. So that's where it's all happening. Check it out there and support us while you're at it. And we also want to remind everyone about our live upcoming interview with Jonah Ray, along with a UHF screening on the humongous screen on Saturday, January 25th in upstate New York. That's in Schenectady, New York. For tickets and all the information, head over to uhf.2000inch.com. That is going to be so much fun. And then you will be performing comedy with Jonah. You'll be performing on Thursday, January 23rd in North Adams, Massachusetts. Then you will be performing on Friday, January 24th in Glens Falls, New York. And on Saturday, January 25th, immediately after our show at the same venue. How convenient is that? I am so excited to see you, to see Jonah, to see all of our fans and listeners. It is going to be a blast. That weekend is going to be something you do not want to miss. Much like the weekend I just had. Just tell me about it already. Next week! Uh, okay. Well, we want to thank all of our listeners, and especially those of you who subscribe. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. It means so much to us. If you listen this far, you might as well subscribe, and you might as well get a second phone and a second account, and subscribe on those, too. We're on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Atari 2600, Cartridge, and anywhere else you can stream podcasts. The only way to make sure you get the latest episode the second it drops is if you subscribe or if you put your ear to my front door while I'm listening to it. Also, please give us a follow at 2000inch on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, patreon.com slash 2000inch. Be sure to check out our Facebook group and also visit us at 2000inch.com where you can hear the latest episode, get information on all of our guests, and hear every single back episode, including the bonus episodes. Remember to use the hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gill and Chill when you post. And don't you dare forget that you can always call us at 347-SPATULA and leave us a message any time of the day, night, month, year, decade, century, millennium. We love hearing from our listeners. We might even play your message on the air. 
We have a brand new full episode out every Wednesday. And Dave, next week, I will tell you and the audience all about my exciting Al-related trip to Los Angeles. Ah, you're killing me. Where is a time traveler when I need one? That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 32-inch. So he reaches into his glove box, pulls out a magic marker, and he says, Ah, this is my Belvedere repair kit.